0: I think for a city our size to be on the leading edge of technology, I think it's fantastic. And I want us to, to be the leader in, in, in that innovation, if you will.
1: Welcome to Episode 382 of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. In October, Christopher attended the Broadband Community's Economic Development Forum in the D.C. area, where he had the opportunity to sit down and talk with today's podcast guest, Mel Poole from Ocala, Florida. Years ago, Ocala decided to eliminate leased T1 lines and replace them with city-owned fiber. They found that the move has saved millions of dollars and opened doors. That was before Mel's time, but he knows the story and shares it with us, describing how Ocala went from municipal facilities to offering connectivity for county facilities and later to connecting schools, businesses, and residential subscribers. Mel also talks about some of the challenges they've faced, including how demographics affect demand, experimenting with deployment methods to find the best option, and how to make the best use of marketing. Christopher and Mel also talk about some of the economic development stories in Ocala and discuss Mel's vision for the community. Now here's Christopher with Mel Poole from Ocala, Florida.
2: Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits podcast, live edition. (laughs) This is Chris Mitchell at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm in Alexandria, Uh, which I think is in Virginia. Um, Nobody flame me for that. Uh, (laughs) At the Broadband Community's Economic Development event, and I'm talking with Mel Poole, the director of the Ocala Fiber Network. That is correct. All right. Good morning. How are you? (laughs) The introduction was too long, and I started to forget the title. (laughs) It's okay. We just did a a really fun panel uh, talking about Ocala. Let me just first, for people who aren't familiar with Florida, where's Ocala?
0: So Ocala is a small little city. I say small. There's about 56,000 residents that live in Ocala, but it's uh, in the heart of the state. Um, We're known as the horse capital of the world, and and I'm taglining that with we're also providing uh, gigabyte speeds, which... Is relative to horse country and speeds Mm -hmm. with the horses. People
2: like speed. People love speed. (laughs) And now you're not far from Orlando, right? That might be.
0: Yeah, we're about um, roughly 67 miles uh, north of Orlando.
2: Okay, because I think it's one of those places that people usually that have children know. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) And for the Gator fans out there, we're probably about. I don't know, 30, 45 miles south of Gainesville.
2: Okay. Well, um, Maryland is Big Ten country. I'm going to count that as being Big Ten country. We won't talk about the SEC. Uh, that's here. okay. <laughs> that, you know, the SEC, we're king right now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with you on that. So tell me about the history of Ocala with uh, getting involved in the fiber. I know that it's a little bit before your time, but I also know you're a history expert on this thing.
0: Yes, sir. So, you know, back in 1995, um, the electric department at the time was looking at how they could upgrade their substation connectivity via the SCADA, Supervisor Data Acquisition um, System. And it, it currently was, it was connected by copper, which we know that copper can be corrosive. It's susceptible to lightning strikes. So um, some brainstorming said, hey, what about fiber optics? So we connect, use the fiber connecting all of our substations Um, to provide that SCADA um, visibility. And from then, we kind of moved, I think, in 1997, where we looked at it and said, hey, how can we better um, take advantage of the fiber? Hence came a resolution to city council to establish, um, at that time, telecom as an enterprise fund associated with the electric department. So you had two enterprise funds, one being electric, Mm -hmm. and then that resolution passed um, to make telecom as an enterprise fund. And then we kind of start looking at it and say, hey, how can we better leverage the fiber that we have? And that kind of span it out into let's connect our city buildings, get rid of the T1 lines, which we think saved us about a million dollars a year, um, versus paying it out to an incumbent service provider.
2: You have a bunch of city needs um, that are served by the um, incumbent telephone company. I mean, when probably like at this point, T T1 one lines. T like correct, right? And so, so, but rather than continuing to pay that escalating rate, one of the first things that my colleague Lisa did when she started working for us was a big case study of Martin County, okay. and how. Comcast was just trying to dramatically raise their rates um, after uh, the contract expired for the Inet services, and they saved—I mean, millions upon millions of dollars—and even more if you consider that the rates would have been going up. And so, so you did this analysis, and you found that by serving yourself, you already had this fiber network. You just extended a little bit, and that was a million dollars a year of savings. Absolutely, over the, absolutely. What you had been paying?
0: So we we estimate probably twenty four. 25 million if if, and those are rough numbers don't don't quote me on that but um that's over the time that, over then. the time since then and then um we kind of said hey you know we, we can do a little bit more with that let's start getting out into uh the county meaning serving uh county buildings such as you know a library a fire station here connecting our county departmental buildings courthouse chef department
2: now does, does your electric lines go out to the county as well already yeah
0: some of our electric lines do span out into the county, which which makes it um, a, a unique opportunity relative to the fiber because the fiber follows the electric grid because of the skater and the amr collectors that are out in the field to to be able to read the smart meters so that's kind of another advantage that we got into later into the into the process so so moving to the um connection of the city government buildings again like i said the county we start getting into hospitals um and then hey what do you think about residential Mm -hmm. so we start
2: something that came from the utility or something that the residents were saying hey how about us yeah I, i think
0: that that came from the utility. I, I, okay. I think the residents really didn't know. Um, and for that fact, I don't think all of us in the city knew what fiber and the capabilities of, of, of fiber was at that time. So we, we dipped and dabbed in it, again, using the fiber that was used for the smart metering system that the electric department deployed.
2: The the smart meters, are they wireless to a collector?
0: Correct. Okay. Correct. There are, the, the fiber feeds it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's a wireless feedback. They talk, um, they kind of daisy chain those uh, collectors, Mm -hmm. but it's fed through the fiber of how they read those. So you fiber to a
2: lot of neighborhoods. Yes.
0: Yes, exactly. To a collector in the neighborhood that the meters talk to that collector Mm -hmm. via the fiber. It it translates back to the electric department for the meter. Sure. Um, So we, we kind of dab them in the residential piece and somewhere in there, um, city council said hey what are we doing we're competing we shouldn't be doing that This is probably around 2010 somewhere in there we need to figure out what it is that we need to do with this fiber now
2: you're so, i mean that's a kind of a it's a conservative part of florida it so. is right. absolutely it is people have a lot of concerns about government competing with that private that is a fact
0: and and again this was before my time mm-hmm. city council said hey let's do a study let's see what's what is this all about? What is this commodity that we have and and how, or should we even um, take advantage of it? If, if it taking advantage is the right word. Mm-hmm. So they brought in um, CTC uh, Columbia telecommunications uh, corporation, I think corporation. Although they just go by CTC now. Right, anyway. C- so they did a study um, that was presented to city council and city council still didn't quite understand it. And we kind of, ebbed and flowed a little bit kind of got back into the residential uh business a little bit but we definitely got off into the business world um during that time frame fast forward to around about 2014 Mm -hmm. i was asked to come over and take a look at the department and see how could we move it we made some significant um changes we presented another uh, CTC case study to city council because they still wasn't sure on what it is, how do we utilize it, take advantage of it, whatever adjective you want to use to describe it. So we brought CTC back in, CTC back in to give us another study, whether we should sell it, Mm -hmm. do a public private partnership or just do business as usual.
2: And I think it's worth noting, I mean, as you're describing it, people who listen to this podcast are already familiar with all this stuff. And they might be thinking, why doesn't city council understand how valuable this is? I think it's important to know that city council, not only the busy people, there are voices that I have no doubt who are misinforming city council. Absolutely. So it's not just a matter of them sort of being dense or anything like that. They're trying to navigate... Information that is specifically designed to confuse them, as well as the opp- trying to evaluate the opportunity that you're presenting.
0: Correct. Um, and, and you you couldn't have said that that better. And I I I sat with my staff and I said we have to figure out how do we educate city council. And as you know, city council, city government, sunshine laws, and all of those laws. So I brought in each city council one by one and gave them a ground level view perspective education on fiber optics. They touched it. We talked about it. I explained to them what the capabilities are and Mm -hmm. gave them a vision that led to a business plan. So I stepped through a 10 year business plan based off of the electric grid, the electric meters. At that time it was 55,000 customers. Um, and how we would step through that with a, um, return on that investment. Also in there, there was an opportunity for the city, telecommunications, or if department, to bid on a school board contract worth $1.3 million. In that, we created a workshop to say here are four options relative to what city council can, can select that we do with this department. Mm-hmm. You sell it, public private, private partnership, do business as normal, or grow it, compete for this million-dollar contract, and move forward. They decided to grow it, compete for the contract, and move forward. Fast forward, we won that contract. We connect 48, 49 schools in a data center. $1.3 million stays at home in the city of Ocala, and the county of Ocala. we, We have a business partnership. Not only on the contractual side, but we sponsor four schools within Marion County to give back to those schools and say, "Hey, here's here's um, here's how we keep the dollars at home." Also, in that, we have never advertised publicly of what we do, but we did open the gates and we we got over inundated with um, a lot of service requests, which led to about. 250 customers waiting on a waiting list to be connected. We started at four four weeks to connect. We extended that to 16 weeks because of the backlog. Are those mostly small businesses? Those are residential homes. Oh, okay. Those are residential homes. And
2: now how did this work? I mean, was there a fee to connect them? So there is no connection fee. It's
0: $60 a flat rate based off the construction costs. We do some math um, and that kind of takes us out to a 36. We try to do everything in a 36-month contract, but it's really based off the construction um, okay. cost to build out to that. But the service itself mm-hmm. is a $60 contract for residential. Okay. And then we so, offer a host of other services relative to service that we provide. Okay. And so what
2: do I get for $60? So
0: you're in a 300-meg pool um, of shared internet. Um, we, we monitor that. Great customer service. We thrive ourselves on five nines. Where Our reliability rate to date is 99.9, so I think Mm -hmm. that's fantastic. We strive ourselves on returning a phone call or an email within an hour. So customer service is job number one. Um, We we pride ourselves on that. Wonderful. From there, we moved into, I had to, to, to go back to city council and say, hey, two things that's coming our way. We have to build out the infrastructure for the school board. We just won this contract. We have one year to build 47 miles of fiber <laughs> to connect all right. of these schools. On the other side of that, we have 250 customers that need, we need to get them connected. So I asked them to do a moratorium. Let's connect all 250 Um, customers that are in the queue, Mm -hmm. at the same time, let's rethink how we're connecting these customers. Because people were
2: just from all over? All over.
0: I call it a shotgun (laughs) approach. So we were just throwing fiber out there left and right. Mm -hmm. We looked at a couple different technologies, but we ended up using GPON, Gigabyte Passive Optical Network, which allows you to use one piece of glass to feed a neighborhood of, let's just say, 30 one home because you need one piece of glass in the port to feed that port sure. to branch off and feed those those homes. So you slave on the on the fiber that you're deploying out there, whereas before we were just shotgunning and putting out mm-hmm. fiber everywhere and, and no controlled way of,
2: right. of doing it. Right, and when you do that, I mean, you got to have air conditioners in the field, I'm guessing. I mean, it's you can't mess around with heat in
0: Florida. Right, so, so our pops, if you want to call those pops, because of our SCADA system, we use our substation, control Mm -hmm. homes, houses where we put the main switches um, for the network. And then out in the the field, there's cabinets that we house the other portion of it. So um, where the switches are, that's not a problem in the substation nor in the cabinet. They're pretty uh, weather
2: I'll bet there. But you put some money into that. Yeah, we
0: spent a, we we budgeted a lot of money for it.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, if you're in Michigan, you don't have to. I mean, you have winters, but you don't have hurricanes. Right? Yes, it's hurricanes. You guys, you guys is, have to be serious deal. about that. Big
0: deal. Um, we got with council and said, "Hey, we just need to rethink this. Um, I want to do a moratorium, and I want to just take a look at four specific neighborhoods that we can kind of capture some numbers in." G was new to us as well as a department. So we needed to, in my opinion, gather some data using four distinctly different neighborhoods. One overhead and underground, two different construction build-out, mm-hmm. two different associated costs. Um, we looked at an affluent neighborhood, and we looked at a lower middle-class neighborhood, and somewhere in between there. One underground, one overhead? Yes. Okay. And two of the neighborhoods. So so mm-hmm. two, two neighborhoods is is uh overhead and two is underground right so we started that build out in december um we kind of went out we had a foot soldier who said hey i can guarantee you 30 percent take rate 30 percent take rate is kind of an industry standard that we use to get a good return on the investment looking at those numbers we kind of crushed them together and said hey here are the four neighborhoods we went back and presented this plan to city council they approved that we have since built out Two of the uh, neighborhoods, we're currently working on our third. Our fourth, we really have, haven't have had much interest in there, so I'm debating on whether we should build that one out or not. Mm-hmm. However, it is an overhead neighborhood, so the costs associated wouldn't be that much, but the opportunity is there to build it if, if we so choose to go that route. So we have since did that uh, in that first neighborhood. We struggled to get that 30% take rate. We have since
2: reached that take rate. Do you have a sense, I mean, you and I talked earlier about there's a, obviously a demographic element. Uh, older folks, if you have a higher proportion of them, they tend not to want to switch away from cable. But um, do you also have a sense that there was any special deals that, that the existing providers were putting out there to try to keep them away from you? Or were you flying under their radar for the I, most part? I, I
0: think, for, I, I won't say fly under the radar. I think they know that we're there. We've seen that where they've been competitive in some pricing um, where we had to compete we had to match their rate in order to get that customer. It was a pretty good customer, so we did compete in mm-hmm. that manner. But I, I really, truly think that it's an educational piece, and some of it is is I'm comfortable with what I have. So most uh, seniors would say, hey, I want a, a hard phone on the wall, even though you can do an IP phone, and I want my television um I know what channel provided. the gators are on. Exactly, exactly. So I think an educational piece of what does what is streaming for the for the most part and there is a savings associated with streaming sure you get our service for 60 dollars a month but if you got a one of the um streaming companies that are out there um i'm willing to bet that you can cut your your cost
2: that's what we're seeing yeah Yeah.
0: so it's, it's an educational piece and and we in that uh, proposal to the city council, we also said we want to hire a marketing firm because remember,
2: that's smart. We, we we've never marketed <laughs> right. our
0: business. Um uh, we've never advertised. It's always been word of mouth. So we hired Quest, our marketing firm to help us kind of get out, help us market it, top the business and, and start locally advertising. I shy a little bit on advertisement because we don't have the infrastructure out there. As the customer comes, we build it. Mm-hmm. So I feel if we advertise, we're going to get bombarded, and then we're going to have some disgruntled potential customers because right. we can't hook it up you know, in four weeks' time.
2: Right, you're on a tightrope.
0: We're on a tightrope. So I, I choose to kind of just slowly, methodically um, position us to be able to – when we come to your neighborhood with G-Pon Technology, our goal is to have you connected within – four weeks. Now we think we can beat that, but the, the plan is four weeks using Gpon on technology. Um, so that's why I'm kind of hesitant to really put us out there on a true advertisement campaign mm-hmm. that includes radio and social media just because I just don't want us to get out ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. when the infrastructure can take a lot of time to pay for a contract out and build it. Um, so So we kind of I'm kind of hesitant on that, even though Quest has done a fantastic job in and moving us forward. It's, I'm just kind of holding the
2: reins back right. a little bit, just. To, You're doing door hangers and door we're doing door turn.
0: hangers. We're doing a, the, uh, the whole host of thing aside from social media, radio, mm-hmm. billboard, and that sort of thing. But uh, we have some big trucks, fiber vans that that's got us plastered all over the side of them. Sure, so that that's kind of our our advertising. Market vehicle at this current time, along with word of mouth. Ocala's uh, Ocala's it's a great place, but everybody talks. They some know we're there, some don't. So it's it's um it's exciting. Uh, where we where we've come from and where we're going. We offer uh, all of our city parks have free Wi-Fi. Um, that was, um, directed down from city council. I think that's a wonderful idea. Our, our vision currently right now is to provide what we call the experience, meaning you can walk from city hall all the way down to what we call the Osceola trek, which is a, just a walking trail, um, but stay connected during your whole walk via free city Wi Fi.
2: And you don't have to be a, a customer of the home service in order to use it. That's no, for sir. Anyone.
0: No, sir. Not at all. This is for all of the visitors that come to Ocala as well as the citizens that reside in Ocala. You know, we, we want to look at bringing in some major corporations as we, we are a gigabyte ISP. We have three, I say gigabyte, but it's much much larger than that. We have about 30 gigs coming into the, the uh, network operations center where we spawn it off from there. Um, but we can provide... Gigabyte speeds and above to those Fortune 500 companies that we welcome to come to the city of Ocala and invest in our city um, via technology, whether it be medical, definitely education. um, and, And we are somewhat of a smart city. We have, like I said, our city buildings that are connected. We have our traffic controllers that control the traffic lights. Yeah,
2: you had a, on the panel we did, you had a list. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and, and uh, I, I want to the take traffic, it even. The, the parking meters. Parking
0: meters. I want to take it a, a stretch farther. I, my vision really is the bubble of the autonomous driving cars. I want us to be ready for that. I know that's down the road just a little bit, but, you know, today technology moves so fast. I just want us to have the infrastructure in mm-hmm. place to be able to, to accommodate those, um Internet of everything. We used to say Internet of Things. Right, right. We have I've migrated to the Internet of Everything because essentially that's that's what it's coming to. And it's gonna take smart homes and high speed broadband via fiber to accomplish that. And I want O'Cala to to be somewhat on the leading edge of and I say somewhat because other cities are already doing it. I think for a city our size to be on the leading edge of technology, I think it's fantastic. And I want us to to be the leader in, in, in that innovation, if you will.
2: So the one thing I wanted to come back to was a little economic development. So sure. what are some of the economic development stories you've seen because you're offering this fiber yeah, service? So,
0: so we have Chewy uh, AutoZone. Uh, FedEx is there, but they're on a different uh, system with a different income. But our business park has a 96-count fiber Um, that's ready to connect any Fortune 500 uh, distribution company or Mm -hmm. any business that want to come out there. So um, the city manager has done a fantastic job of revitalizing the city. Um, It's vibrant. And my job, I think, is to make sure that we have the technology in place to be able to offer, provide high speed Internet services to anyone who comes to the city of Ocala. And hopefully we can we can get them to stay. We have an airport that, uh, air park, I should say, with a business component to it that we're looking to um, lease or sell some property to. It's fully ready for uh, a business to come in. We have uh, a 96-count fi- uh, fiber cable that's ready to hook up any business um, that wants to come out to that business park and do business in the city of Ocala. So we have a, a lot of opportunities um, ready. For any Fortune 500, any business that want to come in, we have the technology to be able to provide them with the high-speed internet gigabyte services that most are looking for.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Great. Well, thank you so much for telling us about Ocala and what you've been doing. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Let me tell you, it's been a pleasure.
0: Um, we met a few months ago, and here we are again in, uh, in D.C., Alexander, to be exact, and having a conversation relative to my city, the city of Ocala, horse country, offering gigabyte speed. So um, it was a pleasure. I thank you, and hopefully um, those of you who are listening, please come to the city of Ocala, um, bring your business. We're more than happy to you uh, and capable of providing you with high-speed
1: Internet. All right, thank you. Thank you. That was Christopher with Melpool from Ocala, Florida. Be sure to read about Ocala at mininetworks.org. We've covered this community in the past where they've been offering better connectivity for years. We have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadband bits. Email us at podcast at with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at Community Nets. Follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at Muni Subscribe to this podcast and the other podcasts from ILSR, Building Local Power, and the Local Energy Rules podcast. You can access them anywhere you get your podcasts. You can catch the latest important research from all of our initiatives if you subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ILSR.org. While you're there, please take a moment to donate. Your support in any amount helps keep us going. Thank you to Arnie Hughesby for the song Warm Duck Shuffle licensed through Creative Commons and thank you for listening to episode 382 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast.